All right, everybody, welcome to the third and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. We have a very special guest with us today. We have former Ohio, the Ohio State University safety, Tyvis Powell, NFL safety. And I believe he's even been in the Canadian Football League a little bit with us. He has been, he has been around. He's got some wonderful experiences. And uh, we can't wait to get involved right now with a deep conversation to talk about the journey and who Tyvis Powell is. Tyvis, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you for allowing me to come on and, you know, share my knowledge and, you know, just just open up and be honest with people. It is. It is a welcome experience every time we do this show, guys. And I want to tell you, even even just being able to catch up with Tyvis off air for a quick minute. Boy, does he have a great background and great information to share with you guys. He's going to drop some serious knowledge on us today. And it's, it's going to be life. It's going to be football. It's going to be leadership. And we're really excited. So, Tyvis, I want to dive in right now, man. We, we want to learn about you because I was actually shocked at this. I'm the host of this show. I'm not supposed to be telling you guys stuff like this. Tyvis, I didn't even realize you grew up down the street from me. Oh, yeah. so, so, guys, I'm embarrassed to say this, man. Tyvis was laughing at me before. He's still laughing at me now. It's, so he grew up right down the street from me. I'm currently in, in Macedonia, part of Northeastern Ohio. Tyvis, I want you to tell us about your journey from Bedford, Ohio mm. to where you are now <laughs> in life. I know this is a long journey, so we're, I'm going to sit back and <laughs> shut up and I'm going to listen to you. Give us this journey. All right. So... Uh, I came to Bedford when I was in the sixth grade. Uh, previously, I was in Warrensville. Uh, my mother moved to Bedford because she wanted us to graduate from Bedford. At that time, um, I was the youngest of three. Um, my sister was already, she graduated in 06, so it was just me and my brother. Um, me and my brother was three years apart. So like I said, I got here in the sixth grade. From the, I started playing football when I was nine years old. So nine <laughs> until now, I've been playing football. And probably when I was nine years old was about the time I said that, you know, I wanted to go. I had a, I had a plan. I wanted to go to Ohio State and I wanted to go to the NFL. You know, just like all kids do. You dream these big <laughs> dreams. Right. And, you know, obviously, as along those journeys, you get teachers that, and people that come in and speak to classes and be like, well, you know, that's a nice dream. But make sure that you have a, a backup dream or a backup plan or something like that. And for all my life, I literally told everybody, like, there is no plan B. This, this, this is going to ha- I'm going to make it happen. OK, so <laughs> excuse me. I get to Bedford. Um, I didn't play middle school football. I was still playing Muni League football because I thought I thought our middle school wasn't that good. And I thought I was getting better coaching at uh, my Muni League. And it was just it seemed more competitive. So. Um, when I got to high school, ninth grade, I started playing football, obviously, for the high school. We started in freshman. Um, I was a wide receiver at the time. Now, I did, listen, back in the day. Now, I like everybody, it. Listen, everybody don't know this, but I literally was the next Chad Johnson. That was my idol at the top, Chad Johnson. <laughs> I'm talking about I was a trash talker. I ran some really good routes, and I could catch that ball. Oh, I could catch that ball. Like, when I was there, when I was a freshman, and we would go through um, training camp, or whatever they call it, train yeah, training camp. And I I literally went the whole training camp and did not drop a pass. That's how good I was. It was wow. like, I was not gonna drop the ball. Like you throw me the ball, I'm gonna catch it. No matter where is that, I'm gonna catch the ball. So <clears throat> excuse me. So we get to um our first 
our first freshman scrimmage, we went against, I think it was Benedictine. We went against Benedictine. Obviously, you know, Befford and Benedictine both share the same field. So um, our starting quarterback, I got hurt. He broke his, he like broke his ankle or something like that. Fractured oh, no. Right. <laughs> so we end up losing the scrimmage and whatnot. So now we're in a crisis. They like, um, we need a quarterback. <laughs> we need a quarterback. So they like, Tyvis, have you ever played quarterback? And I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> so my coach was like, well, Take this ball, do a three step, do a three step drop, and throw the ball. Now, obviously, I've done it before because when you're a kid, you always try. When you're immediately, you try everything. So I knew how to do everything. So I did. I took the three step drop, boom, let the ball fly. He was like, "Well, you're the starting quarterback." Now. And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, wait a minute." I, I'm listen, wide receiver, baby, Chad Johnson, Chad Johnson Jr. Right? Here. What you doing? You can't just mess this up. So, anyways. I spent a freshman year playing quarterback, which was it was actually quite fun. I'm not gonna lie, it was uh it was a different experience, you know, because you it really brought leadership out of me. Um, I mean, obviously immunity, you know, it leader, the coaches is around all the time. So you really don't have time to be leaders, you know, you're just trying to listen to what the coaches say. But freshman was kind of like, Tyvis, you gotta step up because they the, these is your peers, these are your classmates. Obviously, I've been going to school with them for now three years, so they know who I am, they respect me. So it's time for me to step up. So uh, our freshman class was we was pretty good. Um, I think we finished the season maybe five and five or something like that. <coughs> our our starting quarterback ended up coming up, coming back like the last couple of games. So I got to I actually did get to live out my wide receiver dreams <laughs> for like two games. Um, after that, uh, sophomore year we went to I went obviously we played uh, JV. And it was the weird. Now, this was the weirdest thing that ever happened. So I was I was third string safety in on uh, varsity, but obviously started on JV. And um, we was playing we was playing a game. I can't remember who we was playing, but our starting safety went down, which. OK, that's fine. He went down. He was a senior. He went down. Um, and then like a, like a week later, the next safety went down. So it's like, uh oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know <laughs> that's what I said. I was on the, like, oh, wait a minute, I, you want me? I'm next, okay? <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, next boom, man I, up, right? Tim Gray, throw him in the fire. He either go, either go sink or swim, right? So I get in the game, and I do, I, I do okay. I do, I do well. You know, come up, make tackles, great coverage. You know, I got, I show the ability. Like if you was to see me in the 10th grade, you'd be like, okay, this kid, he's young, but you develop him a little bit more. He can be something special. So uh, after that, see, I, I started like mm, maybe four or five games and then the two came back and I went back to JV. So <clears throat> what happened after that was um, I didn't see anybody going to college. Now, in high school, I was a three-sport athlete. I played football, basketball, and I played baseball. And when I was there, I didn't see too many people go to college for athletic scholarships. So I said to myself, well, if because I didn't see myself to be the greatest thing. So I'm like, if this guy ain't getting the scholarship, then I have no chance. So let me just start saving money now because – I'm gonna have to pay for college. So, and I really want to go to college. So I'm gonna have to start stacking up. So I'm gonna go try to find me a job, leave sports alone and just, you know, just stack my money. And the best thing happened was we had a coaching change. And after my 10th grade year, the head coach got fired. They brought in a new coach by the name of Sean Williams. And, um, 
he changed the culture there. You know, it was it was just a different vibe. But when he got there, I I quit. I was, I'm through. Like they're talking about on the PA, they like, yeah, all football players. If you plan on playing football, make sure you come to these meetings. I didn't go. I, so oh, all wow. my friends was like, all my friends was like, oh, you did serious. <laughs> like you, you was, I thought you was kidding, but you did serious. You really not playing. I'm like, yeah, I'm done with it. So, um, uh, 11th grade, not 11th grade, um, the end of 10th grade, um, we, uh, they, uh, had like a, I was in my chemistry class and my, one of my friends, he actually played center. His name was Jerry Petit. He goes, this had to be around May. This was in May. So it's in the 10th grade year. He goes, Tyvis, man, this new coach is nice, man. You need to come out here and have some fun. And I'm like, nah he was like listen just come for one day and if you don't like it just quit like I'm like I could do that and so then the head coach ends up finding me in the hallway and he goes he said you number 85 ain't you because <laughs> I, like, I was wearing 85 and say because you know Chad Johnson why yeah. so, he's like you number 85 ain't you and I'm like yeah how you know that he was like I knew it he said you need to come out here he's like I'm gonna get you some, I'm gonna get you a scholarship I'm gonna get you some money you need to come play for me and I blew it off so one day I was just like, you know what? Let me let me take Jerry up on his arm. Let me go see what the hype about. Let me go. And I went. And needless to say, I had so much fun. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. It was a difficult day. I think we was running through the woods. We lifted and ran through the woods and stuff. But it was so fun. And I was like, this is different. You know, I liked it. So I kept going and I just kept going and going and going. And next thing I know, I never left. <laughs> and then um, my junior year. um started safety and we was playing it was so many players that year that I was only playing one way so I was only playing I was strictly just playing safety <laughs> which was a heartbreaker because wide receiver Chad Johnson so right. <laughs> but, they, but he's like no nah, you ain't gonna he's like uh-uh, if you want to get paid if you want to make it into the league you gonna be a safety because you you six three you just big safety and you move like a little dude like you move so well that people ain't gonna be in the scene this before like Richard Sherman was popping at the time so mm -hmm. everybody was into these tall DBs and I moved like really well so we go to a couple of seven on seven camps my first seven on seven camp was uh Toledo oh and we're going against Perry Perry had this quarterback who was like really good <laughs> like I was I was watching him throw and I'm like oh this man is really really good <laughs> right so we playing him in the seven on seven and I end up pick six and he boom took it to the house <laughs> oh wow and, right I couldn't believe it <laughs> I was on one that day <laughs> so so after that happens the Toledo coach the head coach was standing there he like pulls me to the side and he starts talking to me and you know, he brings me around like some of the Toledo football players. I was like, look at that guy. Yeah, look at him. He's 6'3". Look at the way he moves. Oh, man, we need a guy like him here and stuff like that. So the players is all cool. Like, yeah, man, you you, really, you look really good, blah, blah, blah. So that was the first time outside of my my teammates that I heard somebody tell me like, oh, you actually really good type thing. So after the junior, my junior year, we went, uh, what did we, I think we went two and eight. So we wasn't really good, Ooh. but. But I made a ton of tackles, like, because for some odd reason, our linebackers and D-line just let the running backs go. So I, boom, <laughs> made the tackles. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was traumatizing. But anyways, at the end of that season, you know, my coach was like, you know, you had a really good season. He said, what do you want to do with this? Like, do you actually have dreams of, like, playing college football? And I'm like, huh, do I? So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I actually want to play at Ohio State. And 
that was the first time I told somebody that and they was like, they didn't laugh at me. He was like, well, you know, you actually got the potential to play there. And he's like, not just go, but you can actually like be a player there. And I was like, you think so? He was like, yeah. He's like, you just got to put in the work. He said, but you know what? You ain't going to want to do it. All the work that I'm going to have you doing, you, you ain't going to want to do it because it's a lot of sacrifices and you ain't going to want to do it. So he explained to me all the things that I had to do. And I'm like, at this point in my life, I'm like, what I got to lose? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just I'm gonna do it. And if it don't work out, I could blame somebody. I could say, yo, your plan didn't work. I followed it to a T. Your plan didn't work. Well, luckily for me, it all came true. Um, I remember going uh going to a Ohio State game for the first time. And we went to, I think it was Penn State. They played Penn State, but they wanted me to come down because you tell somebody, I got this 6'3 safety. He's about 180, about 180 pounds, 180 pounds. Hey, 6'3 safety. You know, at high school, everybody, they'll say he's 6'3. You'll see him and he's 5'11. Like, <laughs> 6'3, let, yeah, let me see this, right? Because obviously they see my tape and they like, they see the way I move and stuff. Hey, 6'3? No, nah, no way. So I come down there and they see me and they're like, oh, you really are. You really are 6'3. Okay. So, you know, they get to meet me and we get to talking. I watch the game and stuff like that. Left a good impression. Uh, the first time I met Jim Trussell in my life was funny because we were sitting in the uh, red recruiting room at the stadium and he goes, he walks up to my table and he says, hi, how you doing, son? I'm Jim Trussell. And I greet him by giving him my report card. I'm like, here, check this out. <laughs> check me out. Like, yeah, I'm a good athlete, but check this out. I can, I get grades too. So he was like, he looked at it. It left a lifetime impression. Like he, that's how he remembered me. And the reason I did that was because um, my coach was, had given me this fear. He's like, yeah, man, it's all these kids from Cleveland that went down to, went to college and went to Ohio State and they just failed out and all this and all that. So I'm like, no, it ain't, ain't going to be me. So I made sure I kept the grades. Up. So that's why I showed Jim the report card. Needless to say, we had that conversation. And about a couple of months later, um, my coach pulls up to my house. He, he drives up to my house. He's in my driveway. He's like, Tyvis, man, you did it. They're going to send you an offer. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, we over here. Why, why is you coming over here playing with me? Like, you can't play with, you can't play with me like that. Like, that's, I mean, me, because me, he'll joke around all the time. So I'm like, don't come over here with these jokes and play. He's like, no, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding you. I promise you. They just said they about to call you and give you an offer. He said, listen, when that's when that Columbus call come through your phone, don't decline it. Answer the phone. I'm like, all right, well, whatever, man. Ain't nobody about to call my phone. Sure enough, like 30 minutes later, <laughs> I get the phone call from Columbus. Wow. So, I know. I'm like, wow. I'm like, he's like, hello. I'm like, hello. He like, do you know who this is? I was like, I think it's Jim Trussell. He said, You're right. <laughs> he said, You know why I'm calling you? I said, Jim. I hope this. I hope the reason you calling me is for what I've been waiting for for about eight years. <laughs> I've been waiting for this phone call for about eight years. I hope you calling me to tell me you're you giving me an off. He said you're right. That's exactly why I'm calling. We want to <coughs> excuse me. We want to give you an offer and have you come down to Ohio State and play for the Buckeyes. And I just man, I, that that was the most amazing phone call <laughs> I ever had in my life. I was sitting there like man, I like all the six a.m.s and. All the days of being in the weight room just by myself and getting tortured by my coach <laughs> to lift all these weights. And it was all worth it. So that's how I ended up getting to Ohio State to answer your question in the long run. That is awesome. <laughs> that is and, and guys, you know, because I, I know some people watch this on YouTube 
so they see the video. For those that are just listening, I can even see the emotion in your face now talking about it. And that was how many years ago? What was that? Was seven, was that 10 years ago? 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, 11, we 11 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. And we talk to athletes all the time. We talk to them about what it takes. We talk to them about, hey, you showing up to our workouts, that's bare minimum. That's just to get on the football field. Right. The high school field. That, that's not all the extra stuff that it takes to get somewhere. Right. And in seeing the emotion on your face, I love it because you talked about a couple of things that, that really stand out to me that I preach to our athletes all the time. I preach this to people in the workforce all the time. You showed your report card, number one, because it, it had to be about grades. Oh, yeah. You had, yeah. To, you had to show them, hey, man, I got the brains and the yeah, brawn. Because right a lot of people, you think about it, man, well, it, where I'm from in high school, like a lot of people got their athleticism, but they don't have the grades to go. So it's like, now I got to go military school or JUCO school because I didn't get the ACT score. My grades wasn't good, which happened to a lot of athletes at, at Bedford was like, Y'all are good to be D1 athletes, but y'all ain't y'all didn't went to class and just now well, y'all went to school and got free lunch for, for four years. You didn't take school seriously. So now you can't go to where you want to go. So I was trying to eliminate that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go like now. <laughs> no, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And, and it's so important, the grades. And, you know, the other thing, though, that I really that I really like that you highlighted was. Yeah, there was the moment about no, I'm done. Oh yeah. I'm done. Because oh, yeah, people absolutely. people think it's it's not natural. No, it is 100%. Like I say, for me, I seen like some of the players that was in front of me was really good. Like the people even when I was a freshman, like it was wide receivers, quarterbacks, DNs that was like like for sure should be playing Big 10 football and they went to nowhere and I'm just like well, why would I sit here and waste my time? Like, I'm not as good as them. That's how I thought. Like, I'm not as good mm-hmm. as them at all. So why would I even, if they didn't go, I have no chance. That's that's how, how I thought. So I'm like, let me just let me just go ahead and get some, because I my mother can't afford to pay for it. So I need to find a way to go ahead and put this on me to get my education. And and kudos to you for doing that, to have to have that insight to say, hey, I need to do something. Yeah. I need to do something here. And, you know, especially because social media these days, I mean, we see craziness on social media these days from people saying, oh, just just hand me this, hand me this. That, oh, well, that's, it's, it's a different day and age. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, it's, oh, just, just hand me it. Didn't, you yeah, know. These days, these, these <laughs> kids want to do, they, they, this is exactly how they think. They expect to do the bare minimum, but they want the maximum reward. It, it don't work like that. I don't know where they thought they, that came from. It, it really does not work like that. You got to put in so much grind and overtime, like on top of this stuff. Like I was on some, the workout's over. Everybody's leaving. I'm going back outside to get back on that field because, I don't feel good. Like I need to make sure my stuff is one, two. Like I'm trying to be the best to ever do this. So I need to be one, two. And like, it's mm-hmm. going to be people that's faster than me, bigger than me, stronger than me. But the number one thing that they won't be, they won't do is outwork me. I'm not like, you might be more talented than me, but if we like, for example, we got on the treadmill. I will die on this treadmill before I get off and let you get to let you win. I don't matter what it takes. I will get, we will run all day. Till I can't run no more. I will literally physically die on this treadmill, but you not about to beat me. No way. <laughs> that's where I was at. That's where I was at mentally. That is, that's that elite mindset. 
And, and it really is. And, and I'll tell you what, our workforce needs that elite mindset. I can tell you our workforce, our kids growing up, trying to, trying to make their way to college. Um, it, it's, it's everywhere in society right now. We need the elite mindset. And that's one thing I've been preaching already in 2022 is talking about that. I want to fast forward now. And I have a series of topics to cover as it mm. comes to the Ohio State University. Let's do it. And, and, and I want to, okay, so you've highlighted a little bit of the recruiting experience from your perspective. Yes. Now, I want to dive in a little bit. You already knew you wanted to go to Ohio State. That was, yes. that was, a, that was a goal years and years prior. Two things, 2002, when they won the national championship. I, I remember sitting in my bedroom in Parma, Ohio, watching that game. I absolutely remember that. So you say you remember the, the, the quote unquote controversial call. At the end. <laughs> That's interference. Controversy. There was no controversy. There wasn't that uh, Chris Gamble. Yeah, Chris Run, running that route. There was no controversy yeah. there. Uh, you know, those people from the U, man, they just, you know. They ain't bounced back since. They still no, bad at it. I'll tell you <laughs> what. They haven't been very, very good since then either. Um, so the recruiting experience, one of the things that's different now, I know it existed when you were going through this. However, social media has just completely changed recruiting and all that goes on with that. And the kids feel the need to, everybody wants to post something about got this offer, got this offer. Mm-hmm. And it's all cute. It all yeah. looks good. When you went through this process, you already knew it was going to be Ohio State if you could get it. You knew that. Mm-hmm. What other schools maybe were trying to make a play or had some interest? And, and, and what kind of pressures were there, whether it was from another school, another coach, or maybe someone you knew who just said, hey, man, I really like Purdue or I really like Michigan right. State. Right. Well, for me, I- Let's, let's back this up for me. I, the number one thing that was on my mind was I wanted to go to college for free, athletic scholarship, because like I told you, my mother couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So the first offer I actually got was from Youngstown State. Frank Buffano was his name. Never forget. He sat in class and he literally told me my face, I'm offering you a scholarship. And it was literally like, because up until that point, like even before I got that first scholarship offer, the thing that I always wanted was recruiting mail. Like, you know how mm-hmm. we, had, we had players on the team who would get Alabama, Tennessee, wow. O-State, Penn State. And I'm like, why can't I get a piece of mail? Like, I, I like <laughs> one of the, I'm a good player on this team. They Nobody is going to send me no recruiting mail. So I used to get frustrated by it. I used to be like, like what, if, what do I need to do? Like, I'm putting it overtime. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, why can't I? Don't nobody know who I am type thing. So... Uh, when I got the offer, it was like, all right, well, forget that mail. I, I don't need that mail no more. Um, but to answer your question about um, who would I, who was considering me, uh, for a while, my favorite offer for a while was West Virginia. I was really okay. considering going to West Virginia because, you know, growing up, I was a huge Ohio State fan. But at the time, like when I was like in the, I want to say when I was like eighth grade, maybe. It was what uh, West Virginia had, Pat White and Steve Slate. It was, and Pat mm-hmm. White was like my favorite quarterback in college football. I, I loved him. I was like, oh, man, he is really good. 
So that's where when my connection to uh, West Virginia was. I used to root for West Virginia outside Ohio State because I like Pat White and Steve Slate. And so help me was, remember, Rich Rod was the head coach there at that time, right? I think he was, actually. I want to say he was. But yeah. 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 So um, that was the offer that I was strongly considering. Then um, Michigan State came on. <laughs> Excuse me. Michigan State came on and for a while I was like, okay, I can, you know, green is my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> green is my favorite color. I like Pat Narduzzi. I, I like I like the 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 uh DB because I think it was Harlan Barnett, I think his name was. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he's a DB because I'm like, I like him. Coach the players would send would call me and be like, look, I'm gonna tell you about coach, man. He he keep it real, man. He wanted the, the best coaches I ever had. I'm like, I'm like okay. See myself, you know. But mm-hmm. when that old state, when the old state came, it was like, <laughs> now I won't, I won't lie. The thing about after I took my uh visit to Ohio State, um, Michigan State never stopped. Like they literally, like Pat Narduzzi was like, I want you to like come on, like come on, come to Michigan State. You can flip. I know you committed, but you can still flip. I want you to come down, see the campus. You know, you can we you'll get number one, blah, blah, blah. Like tell you all this good stuff. And I'm just like, for well, I'm like, it sounds good, man. I ain't gonna lie, it sounds good, but it's like ah man, like I dreamed this since 2002. Like there's no I would I would be so mad at myself if I didn't take a take a bet. And at that time, you know, Ohio State had lost Jim Trestle. So mm-hmm. Coach Fick, they didn't know who the head coach was gonna be. And it didn't matter to me. It was like it's for me, I really preach about loyalty. Like my loyalty is with Ohio State. Like I like I I, I said I was gonna do something and I'm gonna do what I said I was gonna do. This they have been the driving motivating factor for me since 2002 so why would i not go there like now that i finally got the opportunity no matter what the situation may be i'm not about to pass up on that opportunity so i still end up going to answer your question long-winded again i apologize oh no man this, i'll tell you what having the background makes it that much more fun <laughs> and you know something you just touched on a word that i think is missing from society these days loyalty Oh, absolutely. They don't know what that. They can't even spell it. <laughs> Loyalty. No. And you know something? I even, um, and, and I see you on Twitter. Um, there was, um, there was, there was someone, I don't know who originated the post. Okay. It was, it was, it was, uh, after the Rose Bowl this year. Okay. With McCall. Oh, Mario McCall. Mario McCall. Yeah. Standing on the field. Yes. Soaking it all in. Mm-hmm. McCall is a great athlete. Guys, Absolutely. I don't I don't know. I don't know how much I can stress. <laughs> Tyvis, help me stress this to the Listen, audience. What man, it takes to go to Ohio State. There is a lot. There's I mean, a lot. I mean, he he is he's gifted. If you've never seen him play, he's truly gifted at running back as a returner. And to be able to make the transition to even go to DB after never playing mm-hmm. it and going. And actually, I watched the clip. He actually looks pretty good. Like, he does. He, he looked really good at corner. So it's like, I just, I don't think he, I mean, obviously the corner situation was 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 rough this year. But mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen him go out there because he went, he had a rep against Gary Wilson where he was like, I was like, man, this is like, obviously he needs a little bit of critiquing, but. Mm-hmm. He can be something really nice at corner. So he, he's a, he's really gifted as an athlete. Exactly. And, and the reason I bring him up, if I remember correctly, 
he just finished six years because he did take the extra year that was granted with COVID. Yes. Um, and he was already going to be a fifth year senior. Yep. So the loyalty was talked about. And I remember I, I retweeted that picture of him out there on the field because, you know, something And we'll, we'll dive into this in a little bit with that whole transfer portal mess that's going on right now. <laughs> but man, what loyalty he demonstrated, because I'm telling you, that guy could have left at any point and been a starter oh, somewhere yeah. else. Easily, He's a starter anywhere else in the Big Ten. Easily. Even and I'm saying just, the Big Ten. I'm not even talking Mac. I'm talking he, could, he is he a starter. He literally could have went anywhere and, and been an H-back anywhere. Because mm-hmm. he was just just get him the ball on like a screen or something. He'll make something happen because that's how elusive he was as a as a ball carrier, period. Yeah. And he d- he decided to stay because I, I want to say is one the, the the bonds that you build at Ohio State is is second to none. Like those people that, that I went to school with, like we cool to this day. Like we literally were just talking last night. That's how cool we are. So it, it's hard to leave your brothers like that. It's a very difficult decision. And two, I mean, he's a he a legend. Without him, without him being there this year, like if he would have left, I don't know if we would have won the Rose Bowl because of his his speech at halftime was so motivating that that defense looked completely different in the second half. And it's all because he decided to stand up and say something. He ain't he wasn't even the starter. I don't even think he was even playing. <laughs> he wasn't even playing. He wasn't. But, but it meant something to him. And obviously they felt they felt him. Like uh-huh. he, he should have been saying something all things. <laughs> we probably would have had a different year on defense. But that just goes to show you how much respect everybody got for him. Like and mm-hmm. it's sad. I, I hope somebody do give him a chance to at least come to camp and NFL or something. Because I think he can be something special. Yeah. Just curious. Do you know what was said? Because I've never, I've not I seen don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've not whatever, seen any literature. Whatever he said struck a nerve. <laughs> I'll tell you that because that defense came out that second half ready to go. Hey, call, call I'm I'm making a call out right now to all the all the current Buckeye players. Will someone <laughs> get on this podcast with us and tell us, McCall, can we get you on and can you talk to us about halftime of the Rose Bowl? Um I but no, it. It's awesome. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is, and I did not realize Trestle recruited you initially. Yes. I did I, not. I if did it not wasn't realize. for Trestle, if it wasn't for Trestle, I probably wouldn't have been in those things. I'm not 100% sure Urban would have gave me an offer, but Trestle for sure. <laughs> so, but you get recruited by Trestle. Yes. Then everything goes down and Trestle ends up not being there. So you don't actually get to play for him. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. I, I literally was the, I think I was the first commit to commit after he resigned. Okay. Yeah. Now you come in and, and was there, was fickle still interim when you committed? Yes. Okay. So you don't know what's going to happen. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden this, this guy from Florida is coming in who says, Hey, I'm returning to the great state of Ohio guy by the name of urban Meyer national championship coach at the university of Florida already. So you already know he's got a resume he's bringing with him. Yep. Uh, he had, he had been out of coaching for a year doing the announcing, uh, not an announcing piece, but doing the, the, uh, uh, what do you call that? The pregame show yeah. there, there on the, on the network. And now he comes in, talk to me about your experience with coach. <laughs> Cause literally you're a football player on this team already. Yes. And Coach Meyer comes in. Talk to me about your experience with Coach Meyer and the expectations that not only <laughs> that not only were put on you, but the program as a whole. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, 
So, you know, his first day. So I come in early. I came in. Uh, I left high school in December and I enrolled in January, which he his first day was in January. So we came in about the same time. So when he gets there, you know, he's hearing about, you know, the program and how all these players are not bought in. And, you know, it's a bunch of bad things going on in the program and stuff like that. So his first his first call to order is. I want to weave out the bad ones. Like I want to get them out. Like if you don't, I'm about to make, I'm about to give y'all a week. It was like hell week. And, and, and you know how the military got hell week. It was like that. Oh, <laughs> it was wow. Like, it was something like that. Right. So we, it was these 5 a.m. workouts in the snow outside. You couldn't wear Ohio state gear. You had the bear crawl pull-ups on this cold, but it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Like, and so <laughs> I'm this. I'm afraid this is my first college workout. So <laughs> I get there and I'm doing it. And I'm just like, man, this is what college is like, man. This is this is different. Like, so everybody like all the all the upper class is like, no, it ain't like this. This is some BS. That <laughs> like, it ain't never been like this. So so I start seeing people like quitting. Like like, no, I'm cool. I'm about to transfer type thing. And I'm like. You about to leave Ohio State? You can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You just go quit. Like you can't do that, right? So, uh, it only lasted for a week. You know, we make it through the first week, and and I, I he tells us why he did that because obviously I had no idea what went on prior to. So he was explaining us like, yeah, I just wanted to get the guys out there. wasn't truly invested and stuff like that. So, um, he he was very aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, it was very aggressive, but I mean, it was like he didn't cross the line, but it was like you know, like it was it's aggressive play, an aggressive coach. Like you know, he wants he demands the best. He wants to see the best, not tomorrow, right now. Like uh-huh. it's, either, it's either this or it's this. It's no in between, right? So, uh, my freshman year, I was in. I would consider myself being in the doghouse, right? Because. I was this big, this big corner because I came to Ohio State. I was a corner. I was this big corner, and I wasn't playing. Like it was like so if, to him. If you're not playing, then what are you doing here? You're not. Mm. What are you doing to help this team? Like you just sitting here, just taking a free scholarship. So that's how he looked at you. Like if you, <laughs> if you ain't, if you're not contributing us to win. Why are you here? What you? Why are you wasting your time here? Right. So um, I ended up. Really, I didn't play that year. Obviously, I redshirted my freshman year. Um, just, just wasn't <laughs> physically there, which is crazy because all the six a.m.s and stuff I did, like, all that lifting stuff, I was like, man, I just knew that I was gonna come in here and just like I wish somebody would type thing. But yeah, it did work out that way. So, uh, <laughs> so I redshirted my freshman year. Um, the next year, you know, we going into uh, winter workouts and. Um, he straight straight up. They straight up told me they like, you might need to transfer a body here. Like you, oh, <laughs> you wow. might not. Yeah, I trust me. It was listen. This was like it was to the point where I haven't cried. I think the last time I cried, I might have been like ten years old or something like that. I literally was like had a couple coming down because it was like I worked my butt off in high school to get here. And now I ain't got here. You telling me like I ain't good enough and I ain't, I'm not gonna play here. <laughs> so. And they'll call him a high school coach and telling him about it. And he was like, he was like, yeah, man, they didn't call me and told me. They said, you about to, they, you, might do, you might as well transfer to Akron or something like that. Cause you, you just up there BSing and wasting time and you ain't gonna get on the field then. And I remember, wow. I know it was, it was really the, 
it was probably the worst phone call I ever had because he, my head, my high school coach really cussed me out. And he was like, you just, you got complacent. You done got up there, got complacent. You just happy with being there and you ain't hungry no more stuff like that. And I, I was like, you might be, I think you're right. That's probably why I hurt so much. Cause it was like, you, you probably right. So, um, I remember I, I, I cried to sleep that night. And I, if, if, if Pat Elfline is, if Pat Elfline ever listened, cause he was my roommate, he heard me, he was, holding, <laughs> he, he, he was looking at me. He's like, you all right. I couldn't say nothing to him, but I was crying. He, and he was like, okay. Cause Pat didn't play. He was reassuring too. So anyways, so that next day, it's just like, I, I flipped the switch. I went back to my old ways. Like, what did I used to do? Like, how did I get an edge mm-hmm. in high school? Go back to that guy. So I went to the weight room again. And obviously, you know, the team had their workouts and stuff. Um, we would go watch film because in spring ball, you would practice lift. You, know, you would practice a day. The next day, you just lift and watch film. Practice the next day. Next day, lift and film. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, after we did, um, our, we lifted, then watch film. So, after everybody was leaving, you watch film, you get to leave. I went right back to the weight room. Like, I got to I gotta get an edge. I told everybody, I told the coaches what I was trying to do. Um, and they was like, all right, we're going to help you. Like, we're going to do everything we can to help you get to where you want, what you need to do. Um, I started meeting with coaches, watching extra film, really got in their playbook, got with vets, got in their playbook, um, really got an understanding for it because they wanted me to move to nickel. So um, spring ball comes around, they could drop the depth charts. And they said, Tigers, we're going to let you go out there. We're going to start. You you really, you earned this. Like, you you really put in the work wow. all winter, all spring. Let's see what you do out on that field. You earned this spot. And it was good because it was like a, it was like Coach Meyer kind of announced that to the team. Like, this guy earned this. Even the strength coach, Coach Mick, he was like, he's like, Tyvis, he earned this. We all see him out on that field. Just know he put the work in and he earned it. And it was like, man, I appreciate that. Like, y'all got faith. That's awesome. Right. So, yeah, that I ended up starting there. That's how I ended up getting started in 2013. That's how I ended up making plays and stuff like that. Cause mm-hmm. I went back to my old way. So I ended up getting on Coach Myers' good side. <laughs> 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 I getting on his good side. So I so I went from being in the doghouse to him literally like I would see him in the hallway, like, what's up, coach? And he'll just walk past you like he don't even hear you. Like, wow, like that's where it was. Till wow. him sitting. Him sitting down, like, hey, Tyrus, how's your family doing? Like, is everything going good? Like, that, that's what we got to. So it was like, I, I've seen both sides of the spectrum. That's awesome. I'm curious because of your size, yeah. you, you come in at six foot three, 180 ish pounds. Yeah. They're going to beef you up quick. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think by the time I hit, I hit 200 pounds in like the first month, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Cause my coach was like, oh, well, you get on their meal plan and see all they, what they got. You go that, that 15 <laughs> pounds gonna go like this. And sure enough, I seen that 200 and I was like, man, it, yeah. <laughs> what, what did you, cause I mean, your, your pro playing weight might've been different. What did you end up leveling out at playing weight wise in high school and uh, college? 205. 205. Every day. Ohio State, they really are. They pick a weight and you have to be that way literally every single day. And the problem was I had the the skinny thing. I was real skinny. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if I came in, I stepped on the scale and I was like 201, 202. They'd be like, you dehydrated. They'd make you drink like three waters because you oh, right wow. on the spot, like right there, right now, chug it. Boom. And you get on and boom, you're 205. All right, you're good to go. Wow. 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of days that I showed up at the Woody an hour early because I just had to start drinking because I knew I was going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So because of your frame and the fact that you you could probably comfortably have put on more weight. Now, yeah. you it wouldn't have worked for probably playing safety. Was there ever a conversation to say, can you get to 220, 225 and play linebacker? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, sir. But you know, there was a lot of linebackers that was like that. Um, Ryan Shazier was the perfect example. Yeah. He was like 210, and they made him sit there. You thought I was bad. You thought I had to sit there and drink water. He had to drink water, eat pizza, everything, because they wanted him to be like 220, 225. Yeah. So I used to see him. I used to see him be like, man, that looks miserable. I thought I was complaining about me drinking a couple Gatorade. You got to drink a whole, I mean, you got to drink Gatorade and eat a whole box of pizza. Oh my goodness. It was, it was ridiculous. So you have to practice after that way in. Yeah. Oh, how many you people do the, threw you up? Would do, the, you would do the way in, you do the way in, go to meetings. Then after meetings, you have practice. And so like when training camp goes on, you had to weigh in twice. You had to weigh in when you got there, you got weigh in and out before the second practice because we was in two days and <laughs> but training camp before you left i used to have to have one of the strength coaches would make me a box of food and take me upstairs and he'd be like you can't even leave until you eat this food oh wow that's where, that's where i was at and it was like man this <laughs> it was a lot man it was a lot of people don't it's a lot to, to be when you see the athletes on the field uh-huh. You got to give them some respect. It don't matter who it is because it's a lot of stuff that goes into them getting on the field. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Speaking, speaking of that, let's just dive right into to this one. So many people are curious on this. I, I even get asked this from pr- uh, prospective players, whether they're looking at D2, D1, or uh, you know the old, the old one AA, uh, F- FCS. Is that what it is? FCS now? They, yes, always, yes. They, they always ask this question. What is the day in the life of a D1 athlete? You've got, you've kind of gone halfway there with us. The day in the life, because they they think, oh, I just wake up, go to work out real quick, and then I go, <laughs> I, I go to a class. And you I okay? said, no, it's like a 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. job. Yeah, it's uh, so so a typical day, <laughs> a typical Ohio State day for me would be <clears throat> I wake up at 5:30, have a 6 a.m. workout. Your first class usually is scheduled at eight o'clock. So the workout. Oh, see that you hear that, guys? Yeah. Eight o'clock class. Eight a.m. Yeah. So your first class, because you got to get everything in in the morning. All your classes got to be in in the morning because we start meetings and practice at we meet and start at two ten. So they put all your classes in the morning, so you can obviously go to meetings and have practice and be done afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um. So six a six a.m. workouts, eight a.m. class. From 8 a.m. to about mm, 12, 30-ish class. So you have maybe that could be from two classes to three classes maybe. Um, after that, you come to the Woody. Um, they have lunch for you. You eat lunch. Go to meetings. Get taped. Go to practice. Practice is about two hours. You get out of there about 6. Get done about 6 o'clock. And then do you think you go home? No, you gotta go. To, you you gotta go to training table. So you gotta you gotta go. It's mandatory. You got to go to training table to eat. Then after that, you got tutoring. So now you gotta go to tutor. Tutoring goes from is they hour, and you got a tutor for every class that you have. Oh. So these is hour sessions. So you, you think tutoring starts? You say you get there about seven. 
you probably got two tutor, two tutoring sessions. So you got seven, eight, eight to nine. So you probably go home about nine o'clock, nine thirty. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, that's that's real life. Yeah. That's absolute real life. You know, and speaking of the of the the Woody Hayes Center, my son just went to Ohio State last weekend mm-hmm. for a lacrosse showcase. So he he does football and lacrosse. And he mm-hmm. went there for a lacrosse showcase. And I still remember for one of the first things he said, dad, this place is awesome. Number one, it's huge. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. And he said, they got a lot of championship banners. <laughs> I, said, I said, son, you got to be elite to go there. Yeah. I said, it's all about being elite. I said, it is not easy. Yeah, and, it's, a, it's a lot. And that's one of the things, you know, I, I preach to my son, I, you know, and I, I preach it to all his friends with him being a freshman in high school getting ready for his sophomore year of football. You know, I, I work with the kids. I'm a wide receiver coach there. And I work with these kids and I keep trying to tell these guys all, all the stuff that you have to do to get on the field. And that's mm-hmm. just at the high school level. That's not counting all the stuff you're telling us. You, you're providing an amazing education for us yeah, and for, and for other high school coaches to, to see what this takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And let's, okay. As if we could dive in any further yet, we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to dive in a little further. We're going back and you're going to have to help me remember how this goes down because I suck when it comes to college years because the national championship game always technically gets played in the next year. Yes. <laughs> 20, so 2014 yes. national championship was actually played January 20, of 2015. 2015. Yep. You're on the team. Yes. You're a safety Yep. This this game is in Dallas, Texas. Yes, it is. And I just want it versus the Oregon Ducks. And I just want to highlight that. Yes, I was at that game. That was <laughs> I lived in Dallas at the time. That was the first Ohio State football game I ever took my son to. Mm. We we go there. Great, great, great job. Dad. Oh, I'm telling you, man, I earned <laughs> I earned major dad brownie points on that one. <laughs> we have we we have um, tons of pictures. It's an amazing crowd. I mean, and I, guys, I'm telling you, I was at the game. It, the, yeah, I'm not going to say there was no Oregon fans there. There wasn't many. It wasn't that crowd, many. that crowd was about 80, 85 percent Buckeyes. Yep. I at that point, I had been to a true Buckeye home game before. Oh yeah. And this atmosphere was a Buckeye home game. You know what? You know what was special about that though? It felt like that all yeah. season. Like every this this was when I knew that Ohio State was real. Like the fans was real. We had a game that year in, in Cal. We played Cal Berkeley. Oh, and, yeah. And they literally took over the stadium. They was It was to the point where they was doing the OHIO around Cal uh-huh. Stadium. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Y'all should travel all the way to Cali? Oh, yeah. We global. I was like, this is, this is insane. It is amazing. I want you to – now, that was a special season – Anyway, mm-hmm. that was that. I mean, the work that went in, and if I remember correctly, it was you know, uh, the banner up in the Woody Center was the journey, the chase. Oh, the chase. Sorry, the chase. The journey was another one. My mistake. The chase, yeah, the chase. And you know, Urban Meyer had his master plan from having watched Bama a couple years prior at, mm-hmm. when he was doing the pregame show stuff. And I want you to walk us through that national championship, the game in the experience. Experience from a student athlete point of view. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the game, well, I will experience was all right. So the practice that week, 
you know, obviously we beat Bama, so we on a we on a hot right now. Oh we yeah, like, man, like, <laughs> we just slayed Goliath. We 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 the we the top dogs right now. Um, <laughs> going into that week, um, obviously you like, man, like this is a dream come true. Like everybody comes to college football and wants to win a national championship, but few actually can say that they they either played in it or they won it. So to actually, you know, have that chance was surreal in itself. And Coach Meyer did a great job of um, really putting up, like, championship videos. Like, every time you went in the Woody, in the locker rooms, it was – they had TVs playing, and all it was was teams winning championships or mm. winning winning the national championship, winning rings and stuff. And you could see just the emotion on these athletes' face. And it was to the point where it was like – Everybody was like, I want that feeling. Like, like it looks so cool. Like they get these people crying, they emotional because they know what they went through, like what all they had to do to get to this moment and to win it and be considered the best at that that year. It's like you can't nobody ever take that from you. And like I said, he did a good job of showing us or getting that, getting us to want that feeling. So we got hungry. We became very hungry that week. Um, as far as the defensive preparation, Oregon was running this uh, <laughs> this no huddle thing, <laughs> this no huddle offense. They like, yeah, they Oregon they get the ball off in 16 seconds, so they, they make a play in 16 seconds. The ball is snapped and they're ready to go. So for defense, because that's all that's what I played. It was a track meet for literally five days. We literally like they would have a, a offense set up. The offense would run the play. Then the next, they have a whole nother offense sitting on the side. And right after that play is done, they're bringing another offense, fresh set of legs. Oh. Boom. And in 16 seconds, no matter what, the ball is snapped. So all week, we we will make the play, run to our spot, get set. Because it's like we'll look at the call, get set. Because, like, we like we got to at least be set. We got to at least be in the right spot. So if you ever if you ever go back and watch that first, like, quarter of the game, you realize uh-huh. that. If the defense is always some paranoid stuff, we we make a play, get up and run back to our spot. No celebrate, we just boom, hurry to get back because we think they about to snap the ball. Um, that's what the preparation was like. Now, actually getting to the actual game day, uh, we treated it kind of like it was the same, um, like it was every other game. You know, we was every mm-hmm. the routine was all the same. Everybody had their rituals and things that they did. Um, getting just pulling up to the stadium, getting in the locker room, um, it was. It was just like, man, to be honest with you, uh, we didn't really take it. We didn't look at it like a championship. <laughs> we didn't look at it like a championship game. We looked at it like, like it felt kind of like a, just a regular game. We felt like the Bama game was the championship game. Like we was mm-hmm. hyped up, amped up like this. Come on, we got a bang type thing. And I remember literally talking in the locker room with Mike Bennett and Curtis. And I'm like. Like man, this is only this don't even feel like a championship game. Like this just feel like a regular game. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the best thing that happened to us was Oregon came out and went straight down the field and scored. Boom, woke us right up because we was like, oh, okay, these boys ready to play. Obviously, you know what happened after that. But that's how that's what the the feeling was. That's how we felt going into the game. Um, Coach Meyer did a great job preparing us. Obviously, the defensive staff did a great job preparing us. And that's what happened. Oh, it was amazing. What? So take me into the fourth quarter. Mm. Take me. And I'm trying to remember. There was, and the game was pretty much done. You knew the Buckeyes were going to win. 
And then if I remember correctly, there was even a play that I think Mariota made a play long story short, there ended up being a penalty and pushing them into deep yardage. And the game was pretty much over at that point. So let's even go down to your final defensive series. Okay. So, well, I'm going to tell you when I knew the game, the game was pretty much over right before halftime when I came up and made that stop on the goal line on the fourth, fourth and goal or whatever it was. Like people don't know how, how deflating that is for a team. Like you drive all the way down the field. You already down. You drive all the way down the field, 99 yards. You get to the one yard line. And your running back actually been doing well all game. Mm-hmm. And he can't get one yard to try to at least make the game close to halftime. Like, it really was like, you could tell. They was done. They was defeated after that. Uh-huh. Was, so, second half, we just kind of rolled them because it was like, they like, there's nothing. What, what can we do? <laughs> and yeah. They like, where we did, we gave our best shot. And they stopped us on the one-yard line. So, like, what can we do? Going into the fourth quarter, like I say, it, it, we kind of had that feeling like, like, we, we're winning, but, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas because mm-hmm. Oregon, at this point, Oregon is like, they still a high-power offense. You know, they still can. If they get rolling, like, they can put up, like, 28 points in, like, two minutes type thing. Like, that's where yeah. we're at. So we got to finish it by putting the, the, nail, <laughs> the nail in the coffin. And um, I remember just that last drive. Uh, we was playing, <laughs> we was playing uh, back, obviously for the hail mary situations and stuff like that. And I remember looking to looking to the sideline, and my coach, my position coach, was down on the sideline, which is weird because he's always been in the box. So for me mm-hmm. to see him on the sideline, that's like, oh, the game's over. It's which, done. Which we probably pretty much was, but it was like I was looking at, I remember looking like, what are you doing that? Like right before the play stuff, like what are you doing now? He's like, Tyrus, pay attention. What you don't worry about what I'm doing down here. Then they snapped the ball. It was hilarious. <laughs> you could tell where I was at. Anyway, uh, we sealed the deal. I think Eli gets to pick at the end. Which Eli, if you listen to this, I'm still mad at you because I literally, <laughs> no, no, this is serious because I all week. Me and Vaughn was like, we're going to pick Marcus Mariota off, and I'm going to tell him, hang 10 when I get it. I'm hang 10, bro. And he throws that ball up at the end, and I'm like, <laughs> I've been waiting on this moment. Then Eli comes completely out of nowhere and catches it in front of me. I was so mad at this man. I was like, why would you do that? Like, why can't I just have my moment? He came and stole my sign. Eli, I'll never forgive you for it, but that's how the game ended. That's awesome. Once the confetti's fallen, you're putting on your, your new shirt, your new hat. Yeah. That, that feeling. Was there a moment where you thought back to all the work that you've put in to get to that point? Absolutely. Uh, what a, the, the one thing about that was, um, my coach, my position coach, <coughs> Chris Ash, told me, he said that you are you're a champion before you actually are. Like, mm. Obviously, you got to win the game. But in order to be the champion, you got to already be a champion type thing. Like That's the mindset you got to have. And before that game, Coach Mick, because Coach Mick was with um, Coach Mick is the strength coach. He was with Coach Meyer, obviously, in Florida and stuff like that. So. They've already experienced what winning a championship was like. So that whole week, they'd be like, yeah, man, it's going to be so much confetti falling. You could take some home. You could make some snow angels. And I'm just like, man, wow. Because the only confetti 
the only confetti I seen up until that point was when we lost to Michigan State the year before in the Big Ten Championship. It ain't no worse feeling than seeing that confetti fall and it's not yours. It's literally the worst feeling ever. So I was like, my motivation was like, I'm not ever going to feel that again. Never. I'm never going to let that happen. Ever. I don't care what I got to do. It's not going to happen. So when I seen that gold confetti come out, it, first of all, it was so much. They weren't lying. It was a lot of confetti. <laughs> I was like, oh, we got down and started doing snow angels. And I'm just thanking God. Like, I cannot believe that this has actually come true. Like, it, it all the mat drills, all the 6 a.m., all the people that doubted me, man, it just, it's all worth it. Like, like it was, like, it was a point in time where I was like, done. I thought about high school, like I was about to be done with this. Like I would have never experienced it. And thank God that my friend Jerry came up to me and told me to try one last time. So I started thinking about that. I started thinking about just, just the whole, that whole season, everything went through. I mean, we had three quarterbacks. We had a depth on the team, man. It was, it was a lot. It was it was it was emotional. I I didn't cry, but I almost did. Mhm. I'll tell you what, man. We all would have understood. It's yeah. a it's a heck of a ride to get there and you know the the work that you put in, the work that a coaching staff puts in. I think people don't understand from the outside how much work goes into that and um one of the things we talk about all the time, uh, especially with our with our high school kids and we we even talked about it at our awards banquet the unseen hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's the most important. That's when you really get your, your edge, you know, with the stuff that people can't see, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously when you around your coaches and stuff, you're going to do what you're supposed to do, but you could truly tell your integrity. You can tell if, how much this really means to you. Like when I got home from, from high school or in college, I found myself in my room still doing like just foot drills and still backpedaling. And like, it's, it's, it became addicting to me. Like it's cause what, the best way to get good at something is by repetition. So like, I would literally just on a regular day, just, we could be sitting there. I'd be talking to girls on the phone, like just doing breaks in my room. Like, like what are you doing? Working on my footwork. <laughs> so it's like, it just became in my nature, but that's like the stuff that you got to do to get the edge. Like you mm-hmm. gotta, it's like muscle memory. I think Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, like taught me that at a very young age. Like it's all about work ethic. It's like your body got to be used to doing it. You gotta, you gotta practice and do things so hard that the game is easy. And I used to think that was like, like, there ain't no way in the world that the game is going to be easy. And then it's like, no, it really is. If you really put in the preparation and the dedication, mm-hmm. like, it, it really, it's like, you know, every, you know, what's going to happen. You know what to expect. So nothing will shock you. You know what you need to do. And it's that. So that's a true testament. If practice hard. If you practice really hard and really be dedicated, the game is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's the perfect thing. We talk about dedication. We talk about what you're willing to put in. Let's let's really flip the script on this interview now. Let's we went from a national championship game. We went from all that emotion, all that experience. Now I want to pick your brain mm. on what what this college world has become with the transfer <laughs> portal. And it's we just talked it. about we just <laughs> talked about uh, McCall earlier mm. and his dedication to staying in the program. The transfer portal is a former player someone who's made it to the league, someone who stuck it out, someone who was literally told you're not doing enough. Why are you here? Yeah. it's. Uh... Tell me about the transfer portal. Tell me about how we're making it so easy for people to just 
stop <laughs> say no i quit i'm going somewhere else it's a different world we live in i'm gonna just tell you that <laughs> off the rip it's just it's to the point where it's it's like they and i hate to say it this way it's like they're getting soft like it's it seems mm-hmm. like there's no fight for anything anymore. It's like if I don't get my way, I'm just gonna leave thing. And I'm and I just I don't I'm not gonna say it was raised, but like I wasn't raised like that. Like it was you gotta make you don't have a choice. You gonna mm-hmm. you decided to come here. Like I say, it's about loyalty. I, I said that I was gonna be here through thick and thin, no matter what. I'm gonna find a way to make it work. No matter what it is, I'm gonna find a way to make it work. And it just seemed like that hunger is not there. And I and I get it. Because it's like, I want to get on the field. I need to, like, everybody want to go to the NFL. So, like, you need to go somewhere where, obviously, I'm going to get on the field because I need film to mm-hmm. get to the NFL. So, I get that. I do. But it's like, you it's like you want to give into you. Like, like I'm going to just pick the weakest spot because I'm a better athlete than them, and I'm going to just get it. But is that is that going to make you better? It's like, like, competition is what makes people better. Like, if I didn't have to, like, if I didn't have Von Bell to go up against, like, Whew. to see some, like, it's like, man, I need to be better than Von. Von think he better than me. I, like, I'm going to show Von up. Like, like, that's, it made me better. Like, I, I became better because I was competing against my peers. Mm-hmm. If you go somewhere, you just head heels better already. It's nothing to compete against. You get complacent. And that's why you don't ever truly un- reach that untapped potential that you have. Like, you can't pull greatness out if nobody's ever pushing you. Right. So I so that's kind of like so so like I get it to a point where like you want to get on the field and play, which you do need to, but why can't you show that same dedication and motivation at the spot that you at? And if it don't work out then, like okay, so say like I, I would say if you a junior and and you done put in all this dedication and hard work and you ain't got no playing time then, okay, that's fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's these freshmen that played that's been there for one season, <laughs> one season. And you just think out of high school, you just think you just go come and take somebody's spot who's been in the weight program, who's mm-hmm. bigger, faster, stronger, smarter, knows the playbook, like the back of his hand. You think you're just going to come in and just take their spot and just assume you're going to play right away. This it don't work like that. It, 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 I don't know where, what fairy tale you live in. I don't <laughs> care what college you transfer to. It's still not going to work like that. So I, that's that's where I'm at. That's my thought on it. It's long winded. I feel some type of way about it because it's it's very soft looking and I just I don't agree with it, but I I get it for like juniors and seniors. I'll tell you what though, me as me with what I do in my life with football and with work, and yeah, sure I can get on. We you know we all have Twitter muscles, right? Everybody gets on Twitter and and gives their their opinions on it. You've earned the right with what you've done as a student athlete and a professional, you've earned the right to have an opinion that is going to hold a much stronger weight than mine, because you've been there, you've lived it, you've done it. I, you know, one of the things that, that you brought up that I, I can get on board with, with what you said, I appreciate you opening my eyes to this is if you're, if you're hitting that junior year and you've done everything and you've done it the right way, and it's just not your bid. Yeah. I get like, that. like the one the one that stands out in my mind is Jameson Williams. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Because perfect example. You are sitting in can I mean can you imagine? Think about this. Was it one year ago? Yeah. You got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Fleming Jameson. Fleming is in there. <laughs> You've got Marvin Harrison Jr., Jameson <laughs> Williams. Does anybody realize those are six 
wide receivers who are all, I think I want to say the majority are five star. There's, I think two or three of them, uh, two of them might be four star. I think Harrison was a four star and those every single one of them could start on and be the number one receiver at any college in America. And that was six of them in one room. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get it. I get it. Hey man, I'm going to be three or four. When he left, I was like, that's that's a smart move because you they probably yeah. saying you ain't gonna play you ain't gonna play here which okay that's that's fine you need yeah. to go somewhere where you gonna be and like like I said I think what he a junior junior yeah. senior right so it's yeah. like all right that that's cool but the freshmen that do it like like the dude I think we lost the corner we lost Quinn years and yeah. the corner like th- yeah. what you think like I don't know why you think you gonna come here and just play as a true. No, and, and I'll tell you right now, that leads us right into the NIL. NIL, name, image, likeness. <laughs> Uwer, was his name Ewers or Ears or? Ewers. 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 And, and who, who knows what the real story is? Part, part of the controversy as to why he went in the transfer portal was he needs to play to get a million dollars or something to that effect, part mm-hmm. of his NIL. And all of a sudden, CJ Stroud takes the top off and just absolutely lights up college football. It's clear that he is not going to step on the field. Mm-hmm. So now he transfers. NIL, man, how is that affecting? I tell you what, how is it affecting <laughs> our game, number one? But I bet people like you look back and say, well, can, geez, can I get back pay for that? My goodness. I think, I think about that a lot. Like, man, could you just imagine? <laughs> we would have been rich. We, you would have been. been that whole 2014, 2015 would have been loaded with money. But yeah, I mean, I don't, is it affecting our game? Uh, as far as like play on the field, I don't think so. Okay. Like play, field play, no. But any, everything else, yes. Yeah. Social media, absolutely. Whether or not a player decides to stay in a program, absolutely, because they are probably signing these deals where they need to be on the field to mm-hmm. experience this money. And I get that. Like, that's that's part of it. But, yeah, from a field standpoint, I don't think it's like – I don't think nobody's out there like, I'm making a business decision. I'm not going to make this tackle. Like, I don't think, I'm not going to think they're doing that. Yeah. I, unless you see your name in the first round and it's a bowl game. Yes, I, I told I'm I get that. I try mm-hmm. because this is I just seen like two injury, two, three injuries to these first round draft picks, and people would be yeah. like, Why are they they're selfish for not playing in the game? No, they're trying to protect their they millions of dollars. So now they probably feel bad for him. Like, oh man, he's gonna miss out on something. Like Jameson Williams, he mm-hmm. probably was like the one, the first or second receiver that would have been drafted. Now he's teetering the first round because he just tore his ACL which that's the difference between the first pick in the draft and the 32nd pick is millions, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not, not just a couple of millions of dollars. So yeah. Yeah. So anybody that decides to sit out, I understand, but from a field standpoint, I think the players still play hard. If anything, it should motivate players to want to get on the field even more because it's like, I need to get on the field to make some plays so I can get a better deal, a better NIL deal. So, the, you know, I get out there. Obviously, the more exposure you get, the more people want you to sponsor their stuff. So I think it, it's a, it could be a motivating factor in that point. But mm-hmm. as far the only only issue I see is that it does probably have something to do with these transfer portals and all these people transferring. Sure. Um, going pro. 
and the ups and downs of going pro, the, the having to switch teams, having to, you know, from practice squad to regular roster, back yeah. and forth, <laughs> the, 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 the level of play from, from being a Buckeye, winning a national championship to now going pro. Walk us through the ups and downs of the NFL. <laughs> okay so obviously i went um undrafted to seattle and you know as a rookie you know you know obviously you face it you facing some difficult odds um the reason i picked seattle is because i thought to myself that even if i don't make this team um i'm learning from <coughs> richard sherman mm-hmm. earl thomas cam chancellor brandon browner had just come back so I'm like, all right, these is like all pro players, like seeing Super Bowls, know what it takes, best that they position, so I can at least get some nuggets from them. And um, you go in there and you like it, it go. It really sounds back to what Coach Meyer was saying. How Coach Meyer says it, and it comes off aggressive. And you, when you're young, it's like, like who is you? Like who is you? You feel defensive that he said it. So back when I was a freshman, he said. What is your, why are you here? You just, if you're not helping this team win, what's your point of being on this team? Like that, mm-hmm. go take it fast forward to Seattle. It makes so much sense. It's like, there you're going to get cut. If you ain't on special teams, a defensive player that's playing, you're not going to make this team. So like, so like I say, back then it sounded crazy, but he was mm-hmm. preparing you for the NFL. And so I got there and I said, well, what is my role? What do I need to do to make this team? And I said, ah, special teams. Like, I need to be really – I need to be good on special teams. So I started taking special teams really serious. In college, I was like everybody. else, like, I ain't playing no special teams. <laughs> put, that with a, put a freshman on that. But now when I got to the league, I was like, man, this is like – this dictates whether or not you make the 53-man roster or you don't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I took that serious, made the team because I was starting on all four special teams and I was really good. Um uh, played that year, obviously, at Seattle. And then after that, got released. Um, went to – bounced around to Indianapolis and the Browns, came back to Seattle on the practice squad. Um, pre- the problem with me was that I, I transitioned. So, in college, I played safety. When I got to Seattle, they made me play corner. So, okay. I was learning a whole new position, a whole new technique, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it down fast enough that mm-hmm. let's put it that way it was a lot of a lot of <laughs> that's that step kick lockout thing it sounds easy but it's really not so <laughs> uh, <laughs> i couldn't get that down so i ended up not making it in seattle i went to san fran and the thing that made me stick around so much in the league was my versatility because i could i became pretty decent at corner but I always knew how to play safety. So it's like, mm-hmm. we want you, obviously everybody's still into these big corners because these receivers is big. Plus I told you I can move really well. So they like, all right, he can move well at corner. If worst case scenario, just put him at, put him back at safety. That's his natural position. So I go to, I go to San Fran and I'm playing corner for the whole first year I'm there. And the funny thing with that, this is, this is funny. It's like funny how life works. So, the next year, I finished that year as out as a corner. The next year, they say, Tyrus, we need you to play safety. We need you to play this backup strong safety. All right, cool. <laughs> I played a backup strong safety, right? And um, we get to the Cardinals game. And for the Cardinals week, our corners had got hurt. So they like, Tyrus, we, 
we need you to focus on corner this week. <laughs> so, so all week of practice, I'm playing backup corner, backup corner. Like, don't even look at it, say, don't even worry about it. All right, cool. <laughs> Cardinals game, start safety, get hurt. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. I said, all right, you know, we need to, we need you to, we uh, bump you up some more on special teams because <coughs> the backup safety got to go in and starting safety. So we need you to take his spot now on some of the spots you know, on special teams, you know, because I was only doing two. So like, now you're on all four. Cool. No problem. Sitting there, I'm sitting on the bench talking. We come off of, I think it was off a kickoff. Come out there. I'm sitting on the bench. I'm talking. <laughs> Next thing I hear is, Tyvis, where you at? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what's up? And I, you got to go in the game. I'm like, go in the game? And what? They like, our safety, our second safety just went down. He got a concussion. You got to go in. Oh. I'm like, oh, man. It's funny. This is this, It happened to me twice in life. It won't happen the third time. <laughs> it won't happen the third. But the, two times in my life, now I'm in the third string or something, and boom, it just happened to go. I had to go in the game. So I go into this Cardinals game, <clears throat> and I, I end up forcing a fumble. Oh, sweet. I, I, tell me about it. <laughs> I went over there, forced a fumble. There's like two minutes left. All the offense got to do is get a first down game. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the press conference. I'm like, you know, I should have been playing all this time. You know, they've been playing with me. I could have been making plays like this all season. But, you know, <laughs> sure enough, offense go three and out. Uh, Cardinals get the ball back. Oh shoot! All right, times come on, man. Just, just one time. Just got to go out there one time. Do you know they scored the game with a touchdown on me? <laughs> oh no! I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, man. So, for people that don't know, in the NFL, <clears throat> you in my shoes, undrafted player. You a third string backup. You give up a game winning touchdown. Obviously. The writing's on the wall. You know, they got to get somebody in there. Like, <laughs> ain't no way. Ain't no way they about to be like, yeah, you good. Like, they going to go get some veteran because they don't trust that you can go out there next game. And we had a – the next game was a Thursday night game, so the turnaround was quick. Oh. I know. So, I'm like, oh, man. So, on the bus, I got my head down. I'm like, man, they about to cut me. I'm about to get released. It's over with. So, no. Halfley, Jeff Halfley, who just happened to have been the defensive coordinator at Ohio State after he went when he was in San Fran, he was my corners coach. After that, he became the DC at Ohio State. Now he's the head coach at Boston College. He he hits me up on a text message. He said, "Tyvis, don't worry about it. It's not your fault." I said, "No, yes, it is." <laughs> he was like, "No, nah, Tyvis, like you, we we told you that we not to even worry about safety. We put you in a in a tough position." And, like, you, you should be fine. Like, don't even stress about it. I'm like, man, I ain't hearing it. We'll find out on Tuesday. For, so, for all you young people that don't know, all you nine uh, NFL players, <coughs> Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time is uh, the roughest day because it's like you got to make it to 4 p.m. If you make it to 4 p.m. Tuesday, you good for the week. They ain't going to cut you for the week. That that's So, on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, it's like – Oh man, please don't call. Please don't call me. So and you can imagine after that game, I was like, oh man, they about to call. Please do not call my phone. <laughs> do not call my phone and cut me. So I make it past the deadline and I end up going into the next game, Raiders game, and I end up starting. Whoa. <laughs> like Titans, we're gonna let you get some redemption. Bet. So I went back to my old ways. I watched so much film 
on on the Oakland Raiders at the time. <laughs> Man, it was to the point where the game was so easy because I knew what they was doing. I knew it. I literally was talking to the line. I was talking to Fred. I was like, Fred. They about to run this. I'm telling you. And they ran the play. It was hilarious. I was like, man, this is man, this is easy. So end up having a good game. Following that game, guess what happened? I get released. Can you believe that? Whoa. <laughs> when I did, had a <laughs> tremendous game, they got released. Sure did. Oh man. So that that's uh to sum it up, that's kind of what life is like. Uh it was uh it's uh I live week to week. Uh every Tuesday to Tuesday is how I like to tell my agent. You know, we after every Tuesday at 4 p.m., I would text my agent and be like, woohoo, we made it another week. <laughs> we made it another week. Uh, it was stressful. It's been, it was times where it was just completely stressful because you got that on your head. You got that on your mind. Like, man, they, they can cut me at any given time. Um, you just never really know stability. Like, I wanted my, my family to be out there, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to be out here. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be out here. So it's like, uh, and if they do, it was a bunch of times where I had my family come out and then I ended up getting cut and I got to pick up everything, move it back. So it was, it was a lot, but I mean, obviously the money is worth it. <laughs> Are you looking at like what? 15,000 a week. So it's like, wow. I'll play a week. Yeah. The money make it good, but it's like, it's a lot of stress that come with it, but yes. Yeah, so that to answer your question, that's kind of what life was like in the NFL for me. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing all that. That's some, that's some deep stuff there. Great lessons for us to learn from. What advice would you have for a high school coach right now dealing with recruiting in this new business of college football? What would be one key piece of advice you'd have for them helping their athletes through this? You know what? I just, I, I, I think that the way college, the well, the way coaching is now, it's a, it's a different approach. Um, the best thing I would tell a high school coach is it's all about the foundation that you build. Uh, you gotta you gotta truly have these kids prepared, and and, and make them understand what they get themselves into when they get to college. I think that's what my high school coach did a great job of doing. Like, like the yelling at you, like that's. He did that a lot. Like my, my high school coach, he yelled at He said some of the craziest things to me. And I used to be like, why is he talking to me? Like, why is he so hard on me like this? When I got to college and heard it, it didn't affect me in no type of way. Like it, I, I didn't take no offense to it because it was like I didn't heard worse. Like what mm-hmm. you said to me is, is light to what I heard. So um, I think that has a that, that's a big part of it is preparing them, um, making sure that they technique. At whatever they're doing, like as a DB, I would make sure that their technique is second to none because when they get to college, you want the college coach just wants to build off the things that they already know. You know, it, it don't want to, you'll be putting them at a disadvantage if they have to reteach them the whole basics again. So I think you have to be able to give them a solid foundation of a great understanding of a game of football and the position that they play. So when they get to the next level, the, the the coach don't have to feel like he's going backwards. Like he can just mm-hmm. start right where he's at. And it'll automatically put that kid at an advantage. Cause it's like, I don't have to teach him that cause he already knows that. So when he go in the game, he should be good. I can just teach him the little stuff that I know to help him be better. Mm-hmm. Also, lastly, I would let them know that, you know, this is a, this is a competition. Like don't ever shy away from competition. Never, ever fold your cards. You know, it's, it, it's all the best thing about it is it's going to make you better. When you see somebody has some success you know, in your position group, it's only going to inspire you. It's only going to make you say, you know what? He made a play. I got to go out there and make a play. 
And it's gonna it's gonna bring out stuff in you that you didn't know that you had. Like you you might be a passive person, but to make this play, you need to be aggressive. And you never thought you was aggressive until your job is on the line, and you whether you play or not is de- depend on this play. Whether or not y'all win this game depend on this play. You might turn into the most aggressive person in the world, but you never knew that that was there. The only way you know is because you you're a competitive person, so you need to work on your competitive nature. And like I said, comp- competition always gonna bring out the best of you. There's nothing wrong with competition is it makes everybody around you better so never ever shy away from it and just make sure that you have ultimately the most important thing is to have fun with it i mean it's mm-hmm. the game of football it doesn't it's still the same game no matter from high school college to the nfl it's the same game it's just it's, it's a little bit of business that's get puts into it that kind of takes the fun out of it that for me when i got to the league it was the business aspect that i just could not stand like that for that that tuesday to tuesday thing it was it's ridiculous but once i made it past tuesday man it was so much fun just going out being on the field playing with my boys man still making plays it's still the same game knowing stuff it is 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 second to none like this is really the best game to my personal opinion obviously i'm biased um is playing football so just make sure you have fun with it amen to that last question for you man you've been amazing today thank you and this this might be the toughest question because of just wow. how much experience that you have <laughs> everywhere you know with family with high school, college, pros, who is the most influential person in your life? The most influential person in my life. You know what? I think if I had to pick somebody, I would probably pick my mother. My mother is hands down the most influential person in my life. Okay, growing up, obviously, I, I lived with my grandparents because my mother worked a lot. So um, when um, when I from first to fifth, well, kindergarten to fifth grade, I was living with my grandparents. I mean, my mother stayed there too, but she worked a lot. So obviously, I seen my grandparents most. So that's why people were like, you got such an old soul. You got an old personality because, well, I was raised by my grandparents. When my mother moved us out and we was on our own, my mother worked so many jobs that, you know, me and my brother basically took care of ourselves. And the thing about it is what it taught me was, is that life is hard. Life is really can be really difficult. And my mother made so many sacrifices in life just because she wanted us to have a good life. My mother could have took the easy way. She could have put us, she could have raised us in the ghetto or let us stay in my grandparents' house and we could have just finished school in my grandparents' house or she could have went to a less expensive place and, and down in the hood. And I mean, she had to worry about us getting into gang violence and stuff like that. But I mean, it'd have been easier. She'd have had some money to be able to put in her pocket and stuff like that. But she decided to, to want us to have a good lifestyle. So she put us in Bedford and I'm grateful for that. Um, but what it taught me was, I seen I watched my mama struggle all them times, like all them days where I would see her like just not have money for stuff. And it was all because she wanted us to have a better life. But never one time that I ever hear my mother complain about it. You know, like she never, ever made an excuse. And that's what it taught me. Like when, when I got older to this day, I'm more of a I don't point the finger. I pull the thumb. The first person when stuff go bad, the first person I look at is myself. And that's where a lot of people was not at in life. That's people getting away. They, they look for somebody or something to blame it on. 
the reason that my NFL career was not successful is because something I did. It, it, I, obviously, it's something that I left out there or flat out. I just wasn't good enough. And I'm, I'm like, I can look myself in the mirror and say, like, that's fine. Like, that's 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 part of life. Like, you, everybody's not going to be good or be the best at everything that they try. But the good thing is that I had a dream. I had a goal and I reached that goal. I was able to do it. I met some incredible people along the way. And I can say that I did it, you know, with no excuses. Like I did it. Now, it didn't work out the way I, I wanted it to, but I did reach the goal. <laughs> so to answer your question in the long run, it's my mother. It's because my mother is, has taught me accountability and have integrity, man, and just have so much respect and so much self-discipline because it's a lot of stuff that you can really throw you off, throw your mindset off. But if you self, you got the self-discipline and the self-control and you know what you want, you can always get it and you can achieve it. So my mother. Amen to that. We talk so much in our family at football everywhere about accountability, integrity. We talk about um, that, especially with the young generation. We're talking about accountability, integrity, and having a drive to something. And that's one of our hashtags here is drive with our podcast because we want people to be driving and we want people to be trying to achieve those goals. Tyvis, I can't thank you enough for joining us on this podcast. I mean, the, the inspiration, the stories, the background, <laughs> walking us through the challenges that you have faced. It's been incredible. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the third and 30 podcast. It has been my absolute pleasure to host this with you and to learn from you. And I appreciate you educating myself and our audience about so much in life. It was way more than just football. Yes. Way, way more than just football. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll have to get you on again sometime. Maybe maybe as a co-host with us. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Right? You know, it, it means a lot to me that you actually would even consider me to be a co-host. That's first of all. Thank you so much for that. And two, man, I just I hope that somebody listens to this and, you know, have a better understanding in life. Um, the one thing that I always want before I leave this earth I want to be able to inspire somebody to change for the better. You know, if I can say, if somebody can say, you know what, I'm a better person and I changed my life because of something that Tyvis said, I, I'll be, I can die a happy man. So hopefully somebody listens to this podcast and, and really takes something from it and, you know, become a better player, or a better athlete, or even just a better person from something that I said. Absolutely, man. I love that. I love hearing that. I love the way you want to inspire people. Everyone, that's our podcast for today. Thank you for joining us on the 3rd and 30 podcast.